Blog Talk Radio.
All roads lead to Gary, Indiana for the second annual Black Wall Street USA National Convention, October 21st through October 23rd at the Genesis Convention Center in downtown Gary, Indiana. Join us in our efforts to make Black Wall Street districts in the U.S. vital, clean, safe, and attractive business districts for employers, the community, and visitors. Listen to Black Wall Street USA Radio each Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on our national website. Our theme this year is Make Me a World. To register, visit www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Join us today and touch the world. Join IllinoisFathers.org in Springfield this year for their third annual Fatherless Day, May 10th at the Lincoln Statue outside the Capitol in Springfield. Bikers for Illinois Family Law Reform will ride around the complex starting at 9 a.m. This year's event will be held in memory of Stephen Watkins, an Illinois father murdered while exercising court-ordered visitation with his daughter. House Bill 1604 sends a clear message that the psychological well-being of children is just as important as their physical well-being. With strong bipartisan support, House Bill 1604 has two sponsors and we want to welcome you to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, May 5th, 2011. We're back. That was Chicago's own kosher with common ground. Let's stay on common ground. Peace of mind is what we need. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, Book 1, 2010, and your host for this evening's show. Our host, Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher of the South Street Journal, will be joining us shortly. We've got a heavy, heavy, heavy month coming up. May is definitely heavy. It's my birthday month. Yes, I am a tourist. Look it up. Yes, what they say about me is true. That's who I am. So call me and wish me a happy birthday, May 11, 312-239-8835. Love you, Chicago. We've been away for a week or so, and the chairman uh, is here to, to give us an update on the activities going on with Black Wall Street Chicago. But you can listen to all of our shows right here at blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN in our archives. Black Wall Street USA is the official broadcast of Black Wall Street National. You can listen to our shows also at blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Our link appears right on the main page, blackwallstreetdistrict.com. Also, all the information for the second National Black Wall Street Convention is right there on the main page. You can also register there. We want you to go ahead and register in advance. We want to get this moving. This year's National Convention is in October, and it's in Gary, Indiana, at the Genesis Center. We want to... Uh, Look forward to meeting you out there. Uh, you know, last year the National Convention was here in Chicago. It was a great success, and we're uh, still winding down from that, but we're also building up for the next one. We're looking forward to it. Join us right here every Thursday evening for Black Wall Street USA, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. We want you to be with us to be a part of sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. If you're interested in being a guest or um, on an upcoming show, we have some suggestions for guests, give us a call, 312-239-8835. That's my direct line. If you have any comments or questions about the show, some input, I'm out, my door is always open. This show has a national focus. 
We reach out to organizations and individuals across the nation in our efforts to connect the dots, and that's exactly what we're doing this evening, the spiritual dots of our people across this land. We bring forth ideas and agendas that are already in place, and we try to let the nation know what works in our communities. We try and stay focused on that, but we will also uh, let the nation know what does not work. Our, as Ron and I have uh, hosted this show for more than a year, we're finding that concerns across the nation are the same in every every community. But we do want to know what, what works. That's really our thing for this year. And we want you to tell us what, what works. What programs do you have that works? Uh, you have measurable uh, results that we'd like to hear about? Give us a call. Our ongoing question for this year is, what did Black America accomplish in 2010, and what is the number one priority for our communities in 2011? And we will be asking each of our guests that question throughout the year. Tonight's guest has been with us before. That's Reverend Edward Pickney of Bidden Harbor, Michigan. He will be our guest this evening. Is it too late for Bidden Harbor, Michigan? Maybe. Is that a shakedown, shake-up, takeover, another Tulsa, 1921, with the power of the pen over there in Michigan? There's a lot going on over there, and Reverend Pickney is going to give us an update later on. He was here on our January 6th show, and that show uh, got more hits, more calls, more follow-up than any show. Now, if that was not the writing on the wall, here we are in May of 2011, and uh, Benton Harbor, Michigan exploded, literally, in uh, April. So he's going to give us an update on that. We want you to call in with your questions and comments. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. Our calling number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. That's how we connect. Press the number one. People, I need you to press the number one if you'd like to speak to our host, have questions, you'd like to speak to our guests, or you just have a comment wherever you are. I know you've been watching what's going on in Benton Harbor. Let's welcome uh, Ron Carter to the show. We've got a lot going on, but first we're going to bring the chairman on. Ron, welcome to the show. How are you this evening? Good evening, Sonia. How are you this evening? I'm doing great, Ron. Doing great. great. Glad to glad, glad to have you here on time too. Appreciate that. Um, oh yeah, it was a rough job, but we are here. Yes, we are. And um, where do we start? Wow, 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 wow. Uh, I'm gonna do all the events, run them all down after the break. There are a lot. I got a lot going on. You got things going on, so we're gonna run those down after the break. But first, let's get an update on what's going on with Black Wall Street Chicago. Well, naturally, every Thursday morning at 8.30 is our regular meeting, but we also had a board meeting because of the first of the month. Uh, But we are now preparing for Summer 16, which is going to be on June 18th. And at that time, we are going to also have a little bit uh, extra to it because we're heading on Black Wall Street's fifth anniversary. As a matter of fact, the anniversary was uh, originally on May 19th, the um, the birth of Malcolm X, 
And so we did not know exactly where we were going, but we knew we wanted to look at the economic agenda of Malcolm X. And as we did so, we failed upon the name of Black Wall Street. So we're looking um, very uh, positive toward our fourth anniversary. And what's on the table now, there's five critical issues that we are uh, addressing. One is the parity legislation that we have been instrumental to even have the newly mayor-elect Rahm Emanuel to endorse um, about uh, nine other aldermen. So it's something new. Even parity has not been around. And our issue is to have parity based on the representation of the population of a particular area, and which here in Chicago we call a ward. So that means that in one particular ward where they are 55 or 70% Hispanics uh, under a particular automatic menu, um, Hispanics should get those contracts. And then the same way it goes to uh, Asian and any other ethnic group based on the racial parity of their group. And naturally, when it comes to the black community, we're looking at parity based on the racial population percentage of that. Uh, and again, let's come back to a historical nature of uh, blacks not receiving their fair share of the economic pie of government contracts. So this is still in the frame of sustaining and increasing black businesses, but gearing toward more of contracts. So we're focusing on that. We're focused on the fund. The fund is where some lenders have got together to establish a revolving loan investment. Uh, and we are communications with area investments that's going to investments that's going to help us to put together this revolving fund and this investment. Because when you look at the term Black Wall Street, people still have the idea of where's the money. So we are producing the money. And now uh, I believe that, yeah, from our last meeting, now we're up to 17 Black Wall Street districts here in Chicago. So we have a plan on developing these Black Wall Street districts, not just in the concept of uh, symbolicism, but also based on where is the money to develop these districts. In the Inglewood community, uh, they are claiming uh, two Black Wall Street districts, on 69th Street and 59th and Halsted. And now we're also going to be working with some people on the west side to establish a Black Wall Street over there. And then another part of the west side, we're looking at the uh, 37th Ward of Alderman Mitts, uh, who want to entertain Chicago Avenue as a Black Wall Street district. Um, and then another uh, concern that we have is government contracts, uh, which we call uh, an oversight of gov government issuing these, um, I guess, grants to uh, nonprofit organizations and businesses. So, and then there's also the youth. So those are five initiatives that we get going. And um, building up to the National Summit, which is, as you mentioned, going to be in August, August 21st to the 23rd, which is 
in one of our Black Wall Street districts of Gary, Indiana. So the agenda is continuing to pump. Uh, the strategy is pumping. We do realize that we have opposition of that we see and we don't see, uh, even within. Uh, but we have been very focused in exactly building our base of Black Wall Street here in Chicago and outside of it as well. We got a lot going Great. on, Sonia. Got a lot going on. Now, is that the fourth anniversary of Black Wall Street Chicago or the fifth run? This is going to be the fourth anniversary. Four years in operation, and we have been moving pretty steadily uh, and pulling things together. Well, let's uh, tell our listeners, as chairman, what has been your experience as chairman? What's your feelings about being the chairman of Black Wall Street over these past four years? Well, it's definitely been a an honor to uh, serve in this position. Uh, but I have to say that the strategy or uh, the internal strategy is to keeping us working together. Uh, one concept of Black Wall Street is that if upon we have any summits, the summit is the purpose of bringing people to the table that necessarily don't want to work together, necessarily have to be accountable, and we have to be accountable. So the the, the my focus as chairman was making sure that Black Wall Street is accountable to our resolutions, make sure those people that are in power of ensuring our resolution are being held accountable, and also the the negativism that we do have, which has been historical upon us, and how we have to prove to ourselves and be an example to others that we can make things happen. And along with all of the, uh, this is a business organization and not a social service, and because it's a business organization, people do have to make money. We do have to follow the money, and we do have to make sure people that is involved with us is able to make some money. And that is sustaining and increasing black business. But at the same time, we do have a a purpose and a mission above our capitalistic drive that many of us have. So my role as chairman have to balance the idea of where's the money to do these Black Wall Street and then balance the the I guess the the slave mentality that has been indoctrinated in us and how we can still keep that unisys and how we can still come to the table regardless of the conflict within. So that's the challenge, and I welcome that challenge because the idea is the old saying, keep our eyes on the prize. And that has been my focus and my experience as being chairman. It's an honorable uh, position, but yet it is a very strategic type of movement in holding this piece together for the last four years. 
You listen to Black Wall Street USA, and that's Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, sharing his experience over the last four years uh, in that position. Now, Ron, uh, it's Black Wall Street. I know they have a number of committees uh, currently, and uh, is Black Wall Street currently reaching out to the community for new committee members and board members? Well, that has been a a challenge as well based on the board members and the committee members that are present are so entrenched in working on what we're doing sometimes we don't slow down to do that but that is the purpose of the summits that we bring on new people that we bring on new ideas and we take on an extra load when we have these summits that means it's not work just building up to the summits, but when we get to the work, that means that we got to implement what was addressed at the summit. And in doing that, it is our focus to bring on new people, and then it's also our, well, I can say our task to keep new people uh, aboard because Black Wall Street, Membership, Black Wall Street uh, Board, have to be a steady flow, but it still revolves around new ideas. And, again, it is a business organization. So people's purposes and people's direction is challenged from meeting their business interests. Uh, Even with me, I run a newspaper. My business is supposed to benefit from being a part of Black Wall Street, and that goes for anybody else that have a business. You do have to look at Black Wall Street as a way to build your business, and besides of your social consciousness of knowing what it means to have Black Wall Street in our community, and having Black Wall Street for the year 2040. So it's going to take new people. That has been a challenge as we got this train rolling and going down the track. Sometimes people got to catch on and go with the flow. Uh, Then as we know people got to do that, sometimes because we cannot slow down the train, but we have to pull people on the train as they reach out. Anybody reach out and this train is moving, we got to pull them aboard and keep on going. So that means people got to have insight in the strategy, in the committees, and in the movement within Black Wall Street to take part. So it's a give and uh, take. Our role is to build an organization and to build leadership, but we have to keep our eyes on the prize of the future and our self-interest, which is good, to make money being associated with Black Wall Street. So it's an ongoing process, Sonia. Thank you, Ron. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I call the numbers 347-326-9477. And I'll use Chicago's Black Business Network.com as an example of a business who has collaborated with Black Wall Street over the past year. Uh, just like many people out there who listen to us and who we meet 
and who we've met along the way. I had no idea what the, the Black Wall Street agenda was, uh, what was going on over here, but I came out, came on over and found out. And during the past year, here we are. Uh, we're collaborating on a show that reaches out across the nation to different community, community leaders, and people involved in all types of areas across the community. We've had some great guests. Uh, we've, had, we've had some great discussions and some great call-ins uh, before, the year before that that I was not having, wasn't involved in. And we created this. It, it, it did not exist before we decided to have that collaboration. Uh, if we look back over the year, Ron, we've also uh, – beginning last May 11th, which is my birthday, we held the first Let's Meet on the Street networking event. Yes, right. This is my birthday month. I am a Torian, and and true to it, too. And uh, we started that that last May 11th, and this year uh, we will do it again. So Black Wall Street, I do believe that because of Ron Carter – it's open to those type of collaborations. It's not about Chicago's Black Business Network dot com, and it's not about Black Wall Street. It's about reaching out to other organizations. And as you said, you know, as you were uh, reviewing your uh, time as chairman, about you coming in, bringing ideas, and making those ideas come forth, and uh, become a part of what they're doing. It's it's not a closed door policy. If you bring the ideas to the table and you're willing to work, which I believe I have, if I had to pat myself on the back, I will. I have no problem with that. But in the course of doing that this past year, uh, I've not only built relationships with Black Wall Street Chicago, because that's what I do. I'm Chicago's Black Business Network.com. I've built relationships with other organizations, and that's what you do. over here at Black Wall Street, you come in and you build relationships with those that are here who have an interest of doing it and creating something positive and bringing it forth and making it work in the community. It doesn't always work the first time. I, I know the first time that I, I gave a networking event, it was like eight people. I was tweaking it. I had to learn how to do it. And we've gave, we've given other ones where there's 30 or 40 people. So that's what you do. That's what you do. You don't sit back and watch others do it or say that there's nothing here for your business. You make something happen for your business. You find the support here uh, because I can say that Ron Carter has been supported by Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and I'm hoping that's been a give and take relationship. So that's that's what you need to do, and that's what we're inviting you over to do. Bring your ideas, your products, your services, your expertise to the table. Fit them into the Black Wall Street agenda uh, a mission statement of sustaining and increasing black businesses and collectively and jointly, as they say, no man is an island and nor is your business. It can't survive by itself. You need these connections. You need these collaborations. You need to create events. You need to collaborate with other businesses in order to take yourself and your organization personally and financially to the next level of success. It's a struggle. Yes, it is, but it can be done, and and we're doing it. And I'll give um, a couple of other examples, and our guest is on the line, and he knows we're going to go to a commercial break after we get the Black Wall Street business um, out of the way. But uh, South Street Journal and I, we're collaborating on remembering Harold Washington, the people's testimony. And uh, 
that's something that did not exist before. We're creating it. I am determined, so determined, to see that this project takes place. And it will. I was speaking to someone uh, yesterday. I am absolutely determined that this testimony will be done to Harold Washington. Everyone knows that this show and my network, uh, CBN, is dedicated to keeping the memory of Harold Washington alive. And uh, it's going to be done. But And you can do the same thing. Whatever your vision is, we want you to bring it to the table and let's make it work. Now, let's talk about uh, one other thing before we go to the break and after the break and uh, after we talk to uh, Reverend Pickney and see what in the heck is going on up there in Benton Harbor, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the Second National Convention. But let's talk about uh, the Black Wall Street anniversary and uh, May 19th and what you have going on there, Ryan. Well, the anniversary itself, um, we um, I think that we have not, and just putting it out there like it is, we have not put all of the energy and all of the focus on the anniversary as we are on the issues. Yes, we know that we have an anniversary. We know that there is a time for celebration. But even in the midst of celebrating the fourth anniversary of Black Wall Street, we are in the midst of making history based on the issues that we've been working on. Uh, We started off with one Black Wall Street district on 75th Street, and now we're up here to 17. Uh, We're getting ready to create some legislation that uh, get black contractors work we we develop a fund that can uh make loans we develop relationship with different organizations such as Chicago Urban League Chicago Metropolitan Area Planning so in the midst of doing the work is almost not quite like you saying that uh, like other individuals that my birthday is May 11th um and it is a significant point on May 19th of the anniversary of Black Wall Street, uh, but the the intensity of the issues and to implement the programmatic activities have overshadowed the great celebration of our anniversary. But yet we still are going to put a program together to help highlight uh, Black Wall Street, uh, one thing that South Street Journal is going to be doing on May 19th is that we're going to be paying uh, uh, honor to the birth of Malcolm X, and we are going to be talking about the um, the economics of Malcolm X, opposed to people think of him as just a loudmouth, but there was an economic agenda with him as well. So we're going to be doing that on May 19th, the anniversary of Black Wall Street, and we're also going to be uh, pulling together the uh, the June 18th event, which where we're going to have a more highlighted version of our celebration of the anniversary of Black Wall Street. Matter of fact, with that in mind, May 11th is an important day for me as well. That's when uh, Ron Carter, 17 years old, became a man and joined the United States Navy. 
even though they kicked me out, I will never forget your birthday of May 11th. <laughs> I didn't know that. Ah. Yeah, I was. I, I turned to be a man on May 11th, and um, you know, so I, I raised some hell in the Navy too that they kicked me out. But it's still a very important day to me uh, to remember. And how long were you in there, Ron? Uh, two years, ten months. They kicked me out two months before it was time to get out. And I asked them, can't you just give me a couple more months? I'm going to be out. They said, no, we can't stand you no more. Get out of this United States Navy. We don't want you no more. I, we can't bear you anymore. I said, y'all got a lot of nerve. Y'all can't bear me for two more months? No. Bye. Just two months. So they kicked me out and told me don't wear that uniform no more. I said, oh, well. So I, I, I parted in Philippines until they transferred me back from the Philippines to uh the United States. So it was a good kick out of the United States Navy. He said, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Black Wall Street, USA. Oh, goodness. And that was Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street, Chicago. Now, this event, uh, this dialogue of Malcolm X, which is going to be filmed as well, is a celebration of the birth of Malcolm X in addition to the anniversary of Black Wall Street, Chicago the fourth anniversary of Black Wall Street Chicago, and that's going to be held at the Young Library Branch, 7901 South King Drive, and that's 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m., and we'll, we'll make some more announcements about that. But you can certainly right. call 312-624-8351 to RSVP, 312-624-8351. Uh, that's Ron Carter's direct line. Also, if you have any comments, you want to um, – Come over and become a part of Black Wall Street Chicago. That's the number that you will call. We're going to uh, – General Parker is going to call in after 8 p.m. At the top of the show, we played a PSA for the Illinois Fatherless Day Rally, which is going to be held in Springfield on May 10th, and this is a very important project for General Parker. General Parker is uh, – one of the chairs of Black Wall Street Chicago for the Peoria District. So I guess almost Illinois is the Black Wall Street District pretty soon. But General mm -hmm. Parker is a chair for Black Wall Street Chicago, Black Wall Street Regional down there in Peoria. And uh, this is a very important uh, project for him. He's... Um, you can email him at, let me get his email address, General Parker at IllinoisFathers.org. This is a Fatherless Day Rally, 9.30 a.m. Tuesday, May 10th at Illinois State Capitol, uh, 2nd and Capitol Avenue in Springfield, Illinois. This is in support of the Steve Watkins Bill, HB 1604. Confirmed speakers include Senator Maddie Hunter, Senator John Mulroe, Representative Constant Howard, and Representative Al Riley. But he's going to fill us in with the details. You can also call this number for more information, 630-673-7900, 630-673-7900, and uh, try and put that uh, on the Chicago's Black Business Network dot com's event calendar, uh, no later than tomorrow, so that you will have 
all of this contact information and also the information for the May 19th Malcolm X Dialogue. What is a Malcolm X Dialogue, Ryan? We'll be posted also. We're going to be actually dialoguing with Malcolm X. We're going to be having some of his quotes, and as we have his quotes, we're going to dialogue based on the quotes and the wordings of Malcolm X. So it's going to be a dialogue with Malcolm X, not about Malcolm X, but with him in his own words. Great, great. You listen to Black Wall Street USA. We're going to take a short break. Reverend Pickney, we we thank you for your patience, but we certainly look forward to this update from Benton Harbor. Our caller number is 347-326-9477, and we'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for listening.
You're listening to Black Wall Street USA on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of CBBN, your co-host for this evening's show. I host Mr. Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago and publisher of the South Street Journal, will be joining us in a moment. We're right here every Thursday evening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., and we want you to be a part of what we do on Thursdays in sustaining and increasing black businesses across the country. If you're interested in being a guest, give us a call, 312-239-8835. You may also listen to our shows, which are rebroadcast every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. at WJPCChicago.com. That's WJPCChicago.com. Let's welcome our host back to the show. And, Ron, can you uh, introduce our guest? which we have been uh, having our attention on Ben Harbor from our last show, in which um, it took us by quite a surprise based on things that was happening in Benton uh, Harbor, Michigan. And, uh, and with that in mind, uh, our guest has been somewhat of a long ranger in addressing not only the economics of Benton Harbor, but also the uh, the social responsibility uh, of what's happening there and how we need to uh, move forward in uh, assisting. And matter of fact, how this, the country as a whole need to probably take a lot more attention and what's happening here in uh, Benton Harbor. So, with that in mind, uh, Reverend uh, Edward uh, Picken is joining us here tonight uh, on Chicago's Black Business Network. And, um, Reverend, we want to welcome, welcome you. And I think that you are from Chicago or Illinois. Isn't that correct? That is correct. That's, that's correct. Right. From the west side of Chicago, John Marshall High School. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for being with us again. I know that there's been a lot going on, uh, and we've been talking here as we've been going through our Black Wall Street initiatives and even to the point that we have taken upon ourselves as we have talked last time you was here that we want to have a delegation from Black Wall Street Chicago to come to there. But since that time, there's been a lot of other things that's been going on in uh, uh, Benton Harbor. Uh, and can you give us a, an update? Uh, you know, there's some flashpoints of controversy that's going on over a new law that allows the governor to appoint em- um, emergency managers over this city and uh, Benton Harbor City Commissioner is questioning what what is happening there. Uh, What has happened since our last conversation that we knew that we want to bring out the the awareness, but what's happening? What's what's going on? Here's the deal. The thing is that we we brought in these young commissioners here, and uh, during the process of bringing these young commissioners in, Whirlpool decided they would no longer be able to steal land from the residents of Benton Harbor. So what they did, they created a situation where they they would where the EFM 
comes in. That's the emergency financial manager, which was appointed by a Democratic governor by the name of Jennifer Granholm. Once she appointed him, her term had expired. She had to leave. Then they brought on a Republican governor by the name of Rick Snyder. We call him Rick Tater because he also considered him to be a dictator. So what he did, he brought in, uh, they, they decided they're going to change the law now. And the law is 42, 14, 42, 15, 42, 16, 42, 17, and 18. That gives the EFM the power to fire the mayor and any other elected officials, break any contract. So what has happened here today is that now this EFM, who is not an elected official, he's appointed by the governor, and usually he comes from a different part of the state. He came in and fired our mayor and eight elected officials. Now, to fire is to say that they work for you. Yeah, well, you, you, I mean, you, you only you can say, fire. I can fire my staff, but um, if my staff work for me. So mm-hmm. that means that the governor signs the checks of the uh, the mayor? Who signs the check of the mayor? Well, the the mayor is the person that signs the checks here in this in, in, in this city, and normally the mayor is the person who has to sign the checks. But in a, in a situation like this, we're under martial law now. Wait a minute, we, now, uh, martial uh, law. When we think of when I hear the term martial law, that means that don't walk the streets after eleven o'clock or you get arrested. So what do well, you mean you, by martial law? Well, you hit law? the nail right on the head. This guy have taken control of the police department, and he's given orders to to do whatever he have to do. He's matter of fact, he has threatened to arrest to arrest the commissioners here. If now here's the thing, if they if they decide that they was going to come into the chambers without his permission. He was going to have them arrested. Matter of fact, he attempted to have one of the commissioners arrested, took his telephone, had him in handcuffs, and yet and still uh, uh, he called himself uh, uh, running the city. Matter of fact, remember this. He was not put here by the people. The governor sent him down here, and he makes, check this out, $132,000. And it's paid by the residents of Benton Harbor. Now, let, let me let me back up a little bit here. What had brought all this about that the uh, that the governor of Michigan, first of all, for the, the governor of Michigan to take over a particular city, that means that something was wrong with the city, or that's just trying to be polite giving the governor some uh some leverage of of authority or some leverage of importance was there something wrong that had the governor to come in to question uh the city government of uh Benton Harbor oh absolutely we had this lakefront land that Whirlpool wanted and they couldn't get it unless they had they appoint someone to take it over Here's what they said. They said the city was $5 million in the red. 
That's not a lot of money for a city. And the county owed the city of Benton Harbor $3 million for the property taxes that was due for the year 2010. Well, it was... It was taxed for 2009 that be paid in 2010. So remember, is they the always county paid. broke that they could not pay nope, the city nope. of Benton Harbor, they, that they nope, did not they, pay they, the they city their money? They wasn't broke. They was holding that money. They was holding the money until the EFM come in and take over. Once the EFM got here, they released a total of $3 million. So if they were to release that money on the date that they're supposed to, the city of Benton Harbor would have been only $2 million in the red. And then how that would not give them grounds you, to take over. Do you know how many employees are employed with the uh, city of Benton Harbor? Well, not right off the top of my head. Okay. I, I, I cannot say. Now, is so who is the city employees uh, reporting to right now? The EFM. Mm-hmm. Now, the EFM is um, reporting to the governor. That is now, correct. Now, back up just a little bit. Did the city of Benton Harbor have some financial, um, how can I put it? I'm trying to get to the point here. Did they have some corruption? Well, here's what Did was Did they corrupt- have some bad management? Well, here's the deal. Anytime you have a corporation like Whirlpool who's trying to take over the city and the previous administration didn't have the knowledge to understand what's happening, this is what you get What you get now. If they would have did their job, it never could have happened. Now, See, Benton, they was, they back was, up a little bit. Now, uh, Benton Harbor has a total population of what? Well, at one time it was seventeen thousand. Now it's down to ten thousand. Okay. Now you realize that in a city ward of Chicago, there can be uh, somewhere about thirty-seven thousand registered voters, not Mm -hmm. necessarily uh, the total population. Absolutely. Saying that Benton Harbor is a a uh, a city. There is less population than a city ward in Chicago. Absolutely. Now, I know that here in Chicago that there is approximately, oh, there is, oh, how can I put it, maybe about, oh, $50 million that is approximately spent on each ward in the city of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Can an award rather? Do you know the operating budget for Benton Harbor? The operating budget for Benton Harbor was uh, seven million dollars. Seven million dollars, and they were in the red. Five million, mm-hmm. and and, and uh, three million of that was being held by the county that they was due. Uh, Property taxes that should have been paid. That is correct. Uh, and so that property tax, did Whirlpool, was they accountable to any property taxes in Ben Harbor? 
they pay no taxes at all. None. Do they own land? <laughs> uh, yes, they do. They, matter of fact, uh, they they have their headquarters here, and they okay. pay nothing. They they, they won't even say they want a deal. But they did not. Are they being subsidized? Uh, how many people do they employ in Benton Harbor? Uh, they they have uh, four thousand people working at their headquarters. Less than one percent are from the city of Benton Harbor. Now, so Ben Harper, which is what ninety percent black, ninety four percent African American. With that in mind, you get a private corporation, and then you get the public corporation, which is the state of Michigan. Are they, for lack of words, manhandling? the control of these 94% of black folks and when Ben Harbor uh, only have maybe, what you say, 4% that is employed by Whirlpool and, that, that is, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they still not paying taxes. And what is it about them that want this land? Or is this some new land and what do they want to do with this land? It is the lakefront land. The city of Benton Harbor is surrounded by water. And what they have done, they have started building these $1.5 million on the beach. We have a beach called Gene Clark Park, which was given to the city of Benton Harbor by Mr. Clark himself. And it was, the, it was, it was supposed to be used for the people of Benton Harbor. And what they did, they put three golf holes inside this beach. And the previous commissioners now leased this land to the Harbor Shores, which is part of Whirlpool, for $30,000 for 99 years. Mm. So that's you know almost, there's a major that's, problem That's worse there. than the uh, city of Chicago leasing the Skyway Bridge for 75 years. Yeah, absolutely. You see, that's, that's almost ridiculous when you think on, on that level. But, you know, it makes no sense. But it what makes no sense if the people allow it to happen. Well, is it the people or the elected officials? Well, it's the elected uh, official who's supposed to be speaking for the people. Unfortunately, now, what they don't speak the for the people. Officials, what does the elected, uh, the, the racial makeup of the elected officials? Uh, we have uh, one black mayor and eight black commissioners. And any other uh, nationality? That's it. It's controlled by us. What I mean by us, I mean black folks. Okay. Now, with that in mind, have they gave the residents some pre-warning of what was about to happen? Nope. I gave them a warning back in 2004. You gave them a warning in 2004 Mm -hmm. of what is presently happening. What is presently happened today? And they what thought I was you, a uh, madman. Was you? Was you? Uh, were, were you? Look, were you like uh, the uh, the little boy crying wolf in two thousand four? Well, what they were thinking <laughs> that this man could not know or possibly know what's going on. Because for one thing, these elected officials that sitting here have no idea what's about to happen to the city of Benton Harbor, so he could not possibly know. 
that this is happening right now. But it was obvious. I'm from Chicago. I know what gentrification is. Yeah. You see, okay. you, you know, once you see, once you see it once, you know it when it comes again. Yeah. It, it's Correct. just that uh, simple. And, yeah. I, and remember this. Yeah. I lived in, in in the city of Chicago for over 35 years. Well, you you with that in mind, you know it took a while for the black residents of Chicago to get a grip of what regentrification was until it was too late. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to warn the people here what was coming. You see, I, I warned them. I sat down and, 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 and I would go to the city council meeting, and I told them. I laid out the plan exactly what they was doing. See, any time you see. Is the mayor sitting in the seat? Who's sitting in the mayor's seat now? Mayor Wilsey Cook. He's sitting in the seat. What is he, his position? Pardon? What is um, uh, Mayor Winston Cook? Wilsey Cook. That's right. He's the Wilson mayor. Cook. What is his position and direction to what's happening? Well, at first, he was part of them. When I mean part of them, I'm referring to the whirlpools and uh, uh, the hover shores and uh, the part of the takeover of the city. Then he realized once he had stuck his foot in their door and they slammed it on his foot three, four times to get his attention, then he tried to switch sides, but he couldn't walk on the other side. He had to hobble. And that's what he's trying to do now, hobble on the right side. It may be too late. Well, when you use the term maybe too late, is it too late for him or is it too late for the citizens of Benton Harbor? Well, let's put it this way. I think it's more or less too late for him. I think the city of Benton Harbor has now changed the direction that they're hitting in. And now they're waking up to something that, you know, you, one thing about us, and, and, and this is uh, uh, for all your listeners, we don't see things until it's too late. If it's not happening right before us, we don't see it, you see. But sometimes we have to use our imagination and our knowledge. You see, there are certain things we all know. You know, I know something maybe that you don't know. You know something that I don't know. But if we sit down at the table and talk about it and educate each other, then I'll know what you know, and you'll know what I know. And I now, so what is the what, what's the case with? I uh, understand that there is an appeal on the conversion of the city park that is underway in the federal court. Uh, well, what is the, the, the what's the status of that? Well, that that won't fly for two reasons. Uh, it's a gallant effort, I feel, but it won't fly because it was done by a group of white folks. And what here's what they did. When this fight first started, it was a group of white guys came out. These were lawyers and judges. They wanted to stop the hostile takeover of the park. And they didn't want anybody black with them because they had money. You see, so they went in there the first time they filed the suit. It was dismissed because they didn't have any Benton Harbor residents. And it was just a group of white folks who wanted to make a name for themselves. 
So once they realized that they couldn't do it without Ben Harbor folks, they went out trying to <laughs> recruit black folks to help them file this suit. And they found one. And they refiled it. That's why, but it's been denied all the way up until this level. Now it's in the, uh, I think it's going, it's on its way to the Supreme Court now. Uh, but all the way up to this level has been denied. But the reason was denied because they didn't really sit down to have the input of the people. You see, they thought that, you know, one thing uh, we have to learn about white folks, they believe that they can do anything without us, even though they want to make it about us. Now, my understanding is that they uh, that the uh, community want to um, uh, is rejecting this referendum, um, but their the referendum can only be rejected if they have uh, uh, the, the state as a whole rejected, which is about a hundred. And 61,000, over 161,000 uh, people in the state of Michigan need to vote on rejecting this referendum. Is that the case? That that, that That's one way that we, we're going to do it that way. Also, we're going to recall the governor. That's And we can't do that. It can't, well, the word and everything has already been approved to recall the governor. So, but we can't go out and get signatures until July 1st. You have to be in office six months before you can be recalled. And also the guy who wrote the bill, Al Pachoka, he's going to, he's also going in the, well, we already submitted the, the language for him to recall, which is going to be heard Monday. But also, here's what happened down here. The governor himself is going to be the grand marshal of our parade on Saturday. He's going to parade through Benton Harbor. He's going to try to rub our face in the mud. But we're going to be ready for him. We're calling for a man. Well, if he's going to be in the parade, now if the residents of Ben Harper is opposed to the action of the governor, then what is the, who's sponsoring him to go through a parade, uh, is he looking for people to hooray him going through the parade, or he don't care if people boo him going through the parade? Well, he didn't anticipate that the people, especially us black folks, would be so upset and angry. Matter of fact, what we did, we didn't rely on just the people. See, it's the people in St. Joe, St. which is right across the bridge, it's a St. Joe Benton Harbor parade, which is mostly controlled by St. Joe. They're the ones who made this guy the Grand Marshal. And that's why it is so crucially important. Saturday, we got, we're going to have thousands and thousands of people here uh, to make sure that we make this governor as uncomfortable as possible. Now, when you... So what's on the agenda right now is two things. One is to recall the governor, Mm -hmm. and then is also to recall the referendum for the state to take over the city of Ben Harper. 
Ben Harbor. Ben Harbor. Is that correct? That now, is correct. So when you say um, thousands and thousands of people, uh, are you speaking about those thousands of people going to represent uh, Benton Harbor, or are they going to be represent people outside of Benton Harbor as well? They're going to be representing people outside of Benton Harbor, but on Saturday they're going to be here. They're going to be in the city of Benton Harbor to support the residents of Benton Harbor. Mm-hmm. So how would you foresee? Now, first of all, I think that when you was last on the Chicago's Black Business Network uh, blog radio, you uh, kind of allude to that. It was almost a lost cause for the residents of Ben Harper to wake up regarding the economic imperity. Now, do you think that this here is a calling uh, to wake them up to realize what you've been trying to say over the years, or are they being more... Uh, uh, with a uh, uh, with a ear to what you've been preaching, or they just reacting based on a crisis, or are they reacting based on a long term agenda for Ben Harper? I, I just like I like what you just said. I look at this as a wake up call, not only for the residents of Benton Harbor, but across the state. One thing about Benton Harbor and one thing about black people in general, we run fast, but we don't run long. What we have to do, we have to figure out a way how to maintain a, a, a level field here. Because things been, I mean, for the last maybe 30 days, things been really hopping around here. People been running. People been been trying to get involved like they never got involved before. People are now talking about things that I was talking about back in 2003 and four and five. They're talking about it now. Now they see the reality of it. Now they're ready to move to a different level. Like I told you before, even the mayor has sat to switch horses right in the middle of this race. Now he's ready now, to come on this side of the pace. Now, who is the Heartland Revolution? Who is that? That's a group of individuals out of... Uh, they're out, I believe, Kentucky, I believe. Out of Kentucky? Yes. What they're doing in Ben Harper, Ben Harper, Ben Harper, what they're doing there? Well, what, what they did, how? they came in and co-sponsored a rally we had just on last Wednesday. Okay. Now, um, who are they? Uh, they're they're, they're a group they... of people. Here's who they are. Well, here who I think they are. Let's put it that way, because I really don't know who they are. But I, I think they're a group of individuals um, who see an opportunity to come in and make a name for themselves on the backs of the residents of Benton Harbor. But here's the thing: Are they uh, black? No, they're uh, white. They're a group of white. And, but I, I'm not mad at them for coming in because what they what they brought to the table on Wednesday was well worth them coming in because they, uh, uh, I actually we I put them to work. Uh, 
they they didn't mind spending money. Because anytime you have a a, a, a a tremendous rally like we had on Wednesday, it, it, it normally takes finance to do that. Uh, when you can bring in a thousand people, something like that, it takes money. I can bring them in, but I really don't have the resources to actually do the job I need to do. And they came in with the resources. And they, uh, so they're sympathetic to the residents yes, of. Uh, as long as they're getting something out of this. So what are they getting out of it? Well, they're getting a chance to get their name out there like never before. If you look on their website, you'll look. I think they said they they sponsored the uh, the uh, you know what we had the uh, uh, Wednesday. They you know they were the sponsor something like that. Uh, that's what they got out of that. They got see just getting their name out on that level with so many people, and now and so many people. Let's say another thousand people know about them now. You know, know that they came in and supported Ben Hopper. That's what okay. they. That's well, what they uh, get out of Reverend, it. Reverend, we have a we have a caller on the line. I'd like to bring the caller on, uh, Sonia. Listen to Black Wall Street USA. Our guest this evening is Reverend Edward Pickney from Ben Harbor. Is it too late for Ben Harbor? Maybe. Caller from Area Code three zero nine. You're on the air with Black Wall Street USA. What's your question or comment? Hello, caller. Are you with us? Hello. Hello. How you doing, sir? You, who is this? This is General Parker from Black Wall Street, Peoria. Hey, sir. How you doing? How you been doing, Ron? <laughs> oh, I've been doing. Um, we get uh, uh, Reverend Pickett here on, and we are talking about. Uh, have you been listening to us since we've been on? Yeah, I've been. Yeah, I've been listening. Okay, so what's your comment or your question based on where we're what we're talking about here now? Um, first of all, I want you to make sure I get your number before I leave off this call tonight, <laughs> so I can get in touch with you. And my are you talking is, about me? Yeah, you. Oh wow! Uh, and, uh, <laughs> okay. And uh, I uh, want to ask the Reverend, what can somebody like me or my group of people from Peoria do to help out in this situation? Well, here's what we need now. We we need numbers more than anything else. On Saturday, May 7th, which might be too short of a notice for you to get a group to come up to Benton Harbor uh, in time for the uh, uh, parade itself and also to meet uh, the, the governor, uh, the grand marshal of the, of the parade, to give him something that he never had before. Uh, but here's what you can do. You can get in touch with me. You can reach me at 269 nine two five zero 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 one and then we can talk and, and you can maybe we can strategize on our next move. Well I have to let you know um Reverend that uh General Parker is the chairman of um Black Wall Street Peoria, Illinois. Oh okay. And, uh I believe upon talking to him uh, he's a strategist. <laughs> okay. He is a strategist. So you uh, got a phone call from a very key person that is not only a part of Black Wall Street Chicago, Black Wall Street Peoria, but in his own right has um, laid a foundation uh, for organizing. So uh, I hear what you uh, asked, uh, General uh, 
but how do have you witnessed anything like this before uh, that was ha- that's happening in Benton Harbor? I think this happened once before in Benton Harbor, didn't it? Well, it, it, it never happened before in Benton Harbor. Before we had an uprising in 2003, but we never, and we had uh, many, uh, maybe a couple of uh, mass demonstrations which I led, but uh, but what we haven't on, on, on uh, as of today, the governor have, is coming in here, plus he got this EFM, which stands for an Emergency Financial Manager, and what he, the Emergency Financial Manager have done, he have fired the mayor and our eight elected commissioners. That has never been done in the history of mankind. This is the first time that someone has ever came into a city that wasn't an elected official and was able to remove the mayor and the commissioners. That means that when we vote, it means nothing. We got taxation without any representation. We say we're under martial law right now. And this is all due to Whirlpool, the corporation, uh, being able to get its way, or not being able to get its way, with the uh, city officials of Ben Harper. Is that the bottom line here? That is the bottom line. And, and what you said, you, you, you hit it right on the, on the nail. You said at first they was able to get their way. Then they found out this last couple of years they're not going to be able to get their way, so they decided to bring in their own secret weapon, and that is the EFM. Well, um one thing about our movement uh, from the beginning was, oh, I guess I got to go back to uh, Malcolm X. Freedom is all about land. Yes. And if you don't have no land, you're not talking about freedom. And so this is the case where it's really hitting uh, the the residents, the black residents of Ben Harper. Now, is there any non-black uh, 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 support outside of the group of um, the um, what would you call them the uh, uh, the Heartland Revolution? Are there any other non-black support of other than them? That is the majority. These, these outside groups, there's there are many. When I said many, are they are they recruiting non-black support around Ben Har uh, Ben Harper? Well, he, he, we're not recruiting. Here's here's what we're doing. Will anybody who want to help or take part, we're willing to accept them, and that's really what it's all about. Uh, we would love for for the African Americans to take a stand, but one one of the things that we find even here in the city of Benton Harbor. If they don't see it affecting them right then and there, the average black person is not going to want to take part in it. If if you're not if I'm not getting my home taken away from me, if I'm not getting my car taken away from me, if I'm not getting my job taken away from me, I don't see no emergency. Well, even and, if they can't see that being happening to them then, brother. Right. <laughs> okay. Yes, General. That's just not a problem in the African-American community. That's all communities. Yes, correct. And that comes from the dummying down of our education system. So as long as a big corporation like the Whirlpool and everybody else can stop us from getting the education that we desire and that we need, we'll never have 
the the wherewithal to know what's important and what's not important. That's why a lot of us don't even show up to vote when it's necessary. See, and that's why the whirlpools and the people over in Wisconsin can pull the stuff that they pull, you know, because they get a few key Republicans in office, you know, and they pull this stuff on the people, you know, just to try to support big business. So we got to fight for education. We got to show these people. We got to re-educate our people all over again and let them know how important education is and don't allow anybody to stop us from getting what's rightfully ours. And, you know, you you are 100% correct. And and well, one of the things that we must do, we got to start educating the people so they can understand what you're standing up for. And, and here's one of the things that I, I normally tell folks. See, I, I try to make sure I say it's, it's, it's not about Reverend Pinckney. It's about the future of our children. It's the next generation that I'm concerned about because this is what they're attacking, right? They're, t- they're, they're attacking the present, and what they're doing is taking away the future. Well, with that, um, uh, Reverend, what I'd like to do, um, if you can join us with us, what I'd like to do is to uh, take a break uh, after General Parker, but I would like for General Parker because of you indicated the the future is at hand on what's happening now, uh, General Parker have a an event that he's got coming up on uh, May 10th, which is addressing is a, a fatherless day rally, and well, matter of fact, uh, on the on yeah, that's on a Tuesday, but at the same time, can you address that? Uh, General, uh, as it relates to this future, or is it this present? So what does this Fatherless Day rally mean? Well, Ron, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, On Tuesday, May 10th, down in Springfield, right at the Capitol building, we're holding a Fatherless Day rally, and it's going to be honor of a guy named Stephen Watkins, who was killed exercising his visitation right to go pick up his daughter for visitation. And just because mom and her family didn't want him to have anything to do with him, do with the child, uh, they shot him in the back of the head and killed him. And they almost got away with murder. Uh, the prosecutor wasn't prosecuting. No one was arrested. And our organization, Illinois Fathers, got involved and uh, put some pressure on them, got the media involved, and people made a lot of phone calls, and the prosecutor decided to prosecute. This case was on Dateline NBC back in October. And... Uh, uh, we finally got somebody arrested and convicted, and they're serving 70 years right now. But, see, that that is paramount to what's going on all over this country. You know, fathers have been swept aside, and we got research that proves that, you know, children perform better, you know, in school, unless after want to join a gang, use drugs and all that, if you got dad involved in their life. But sometimes, you know, you go through the family court system, which is very gender-biased, and they feel like fathers are irrelevant, uh, they just use them as ATM machines. And even though we got the research, and they've been knowing for years that those kids are not going to operate in school. They're going to act up in school. They're going to have behavioral disorders in school, you know. They're not going to want to achieve in school. So uh, we're fighting well, when to try did to they, When did they kill in, him? When? It was back in 08. Okay. 2008. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. we, we we got a bill in place now. It's, it's HB 1604. It's... Uh, it's called the Stephen Watkins Bill, 
Uh, it was sponsored by Representative Connie Howard out of Chicago. Uh, oh, okay. And it has seven other co-sponsors uh, added on to that. Uh, Representative Sean Ford, uh, he he he's a part of that. Uh, now it's over in the Senate because it passed the House. Uh, now Senator Maddie Hunter, she's sponsoring it in the Senate, and it goes up for committee hearing on Thursday, next week on uh, May 12th. And mm-hmm. we got opposition right now who don't want this to happen. They don't want fathers to be a part of these kids' lives because it's going to upset their economical wagon cart. <laughs> you know, okay. we got some uh, yeah, some radical feminist group who don't want this to happen because they may lose some grant money, some funding. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, go ahead. So with this here, um, uh, you got the legislation in place. You got the uh, the community in place. Uh, so is it a matter of you're doing the the event to attract who? Well, the thing was, this guy was a biker. So we're gonna have over 300 bikers show up at what what is called Halls Harley Davidson, and they having a police escort from there. All the way over about motorcycle the bikers or bicycles? Right, motorcycle, motorcycle bikers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, motorcycle riders. So anybody in the state that rides a motorcycle, you don't even have to be from Illinois. You want to be a part of this rally, you come on down and you ride over. Uh, everybody's meeting at 9 o'clock at the Harley-Davidson place there in north uh, Springfield at 2301 North Dirksen Highway, or Parkway, I mean. And then they're going to leave there and get police escorted over to the Capitol, to make it over there by 10 o'clock, and the rally is going to kick off. It's a big press conference. We have Senator Hunter. We have Connie Howard. We have all the other sponsors of the bill there. Uh, Councilwoman Doris Turner, she's going to welcome us into the city. The rally will be getting over about 1230. Then uh got a friend that owns the Hilton over there in Springfield. Everybody can go over there, and they're going to feed them and do all that before they put them back on the road and release them. But we want to make sure that the governor, and all the rest of the senators uh, know that uh, we want this bill to pass. This bill needs to be supported. What we did was mirror the same penalties they had for child enforcement, child support enforcement. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you keep the child away from the dad or, or the non-custodial parent, you have the risk of losing your driver's license. You could be fined. You, mm-hmm. you could okay, so end up going to jail what? if you abuse it. What's the likelihood of the uh, the bill passing, and then what's the meat of of the bill uh, once it is accomplished upon being passing? What the what of the bill once it passes? What did you say? What, what's the meat of it? What 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 actually what? is the objectives of the bill upon uh, this bill being passed? The objective is to is to stop visitation interference. That's the that's. That's what we want to do. We want to deter that that type of activity, you know, because mm-hmm. that's hurting kids more than anything else, not having that relationship with their dad. And and I know there's some dads out there who probably don't want to be real dads, but there's a lot of dads out there who do, you know. Mm-hmm. And right. this bill here would prevent this from happening, and if they do do it, you know, uh, it would be penalties. This woman felt so, so bogus about it that, she felt like she can kill this man and get away with it, which she was doing that because a lot of times folks don't take dads serious. Like I said, they feel dads are irrelevant. You know, mm-hmm. once you have a baby, you don't have no say-so. You just pay the money and that's that, you mm-hmm. know. But if you do right. that, 
going to have kids having other pathologies, showing up, becoming gangsters, you know, tearing up our community, ripping it up, you know, not providing in, in the community, not taking care of the community, and, and being, you know, gangsters in the community instead of being the man they're supposed to be. Mm. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Did, did, are, are you affiliated with this group that uh, they say children uh, or, or kids need both parents out of Grand Rapids, Michigan? They, uh, they went to, you know, they, I think uh, Pastor Ron Smith used to run that thing. Right, and he died. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's, that's my buddy. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, he died. Yeah. He was from Chicago. Yeah, and yeah he, originally and, uh, from matter Chicago. He was, he was a real supporter of mine. Right. And I was a supporter of him, too. And he okay. uh, he was a good guy. So, yeah, uh, good. All right, getting these connections going on here. Absolutely, hey. absolutely. And, right. Uh, Listen, uh, if uh, what I want you to, I'm going to give you my email. I want you to email me. Let's let's talk and let's see where we can help each other. All right then. Okay, my email is b a n c o. Well, you know I don't have a pencil with me right now. Okay, well I'll, I'm out and about, so uh, I tell you what, go go to our website, IllinoisFathers.org. Okay. All the information on the rally, uh, and and just click on there. And there's a way for you to contact me directly. Okay, we'll do. I will do. All right. Uh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Okay, well, um, do uh, hold on if you can, uh, General, uh, because I think that uh, we have, uh, we do want, we got a lot to cover in this little uh, less than a half an hour we have. And with that, we do want to talk about how this Black Wall Street, because at one time, uh, uh, we did and still have it on our agenda uh, to go to uh, Benton Harbor based on the agenda of Black Wall Street, which seems as though it, it would be, uh, it may be easier for compared to what we talked about last time because of Benton Harbor having, uh, I think you said, uh, Reverend, only three businesses that are black, or two and a half that are black, in uh, Benton Harbor. That is exactly correct that I could think of at this moment. Okay, and so because of the state of of Michigan taking over the city, and the residents are beginning to have a more consciousness of ownership of their city. Would that next step be that they would start thinking about not only the ownership as far as representation, but the ownership as far as controlling the economics, given uh, Whirlpool controlling not only their their influence in the representation, but also their influence in the land grab, and not even paying no taxes, and only hiring maybe four uh, percent of their workforce is from Ben Harper. What do you think that the residents will start thinking economic representation now? Especially if we start educating them on that level. Mm-hmm. See, that's well, the key word. Well, I would still want to entertain uh, this, this. The rally is coming up this Saturday. Yes. We do want to, um, uh, I, I wish that I could find a way to make it there myself. I'm going to give it some thought. 
Please uh, give to us some see thoughts. exactly what I can do. I can't put no guarantee on it, but I definitely would want to give it some thought and talking around with some Black Wall Street people here in Chicago that if we can make an effort uh, to get there, um, what would be the that you think would be the next uh, step after uh, this objective addressing? The, the the governor of Michigan and then addressing um, Whirlpool. I mean, who is the enemy? Is it Whirlpool or is it the governor of Michigan? Actually, they both are, but Whirlpool, I, I figure like this, if you cut the head off, the legs will eventually stop wiggling. And so Whirlpool is Whirlpool the head is, of the state the or that part of the county Correct. When you speak of, of Michigan, enemy, you're speaking of Whirlpool. No whirlpool, no EFM. You know, no 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 lakefront land, EFM. No golf course, no EFM. So that's where we're. That's how we have to think, in in, in terms of what it is. He, there was uh, the governor himself would never dream of doing what he did if 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 uh, whirlpool couldn't benefit from this. Now, I, if I'm correct that. Uh, uh, Jesse Jackson uh, made a trip there uh, to address that, or absolutely. Okay, he, what he was, was his there role on yesterday? And, pardon? He was here yesterday. Okay, and what was his role, and what was his well, position and his role? Here's what he did on yesterday. Um, he came in and he got the people excited. See, and also he brings the media when he comes. Okay. You see, a lot of times people, you know. They whatever they have they have to say about Jesse they can say anything they want but one thing you can you got to give him credit for he will bring the media with him which mm-hmm. is crucial okay. in order to get and then his and what they're gonna do to him before they would do to anybody else they're gonna recite what he say and not really add or take away mm-hmm. so that's to me is see if somebody else came here. They will misquote them. They will say anything they want to to play it down if they can. But one thing, I, I, even the newspaper here, bad as this newspaper is, they quoted exactly what he said and exactly what he meant. Mm-hmm. Now, is that the Michigan that. Messenger? Is that the newspaper? There? That's that's a good one. No, the one is the Herald Palladium, which is is controlled by Whirlpool. You remember there was an article in the newspaper where uh, uh, Jesse Jackson said it's time for an uprise here in the city of Benton Harbor because he came in this last time and saw something that most people don't see. You know, you can tell, I can, I can sit here and tell you about this for the next 10 days, but if you're not here to see it, you would never understand it because you'd be saying, oh, no, that could never happen. How well, could someone Jesse- allow that to happen in their city? So what brought Jesse to uh, Benton Harbor? What uh, did you call on, or somebody called on him, or he heard about it and he stepped to the plate? Or here, here's what he, he came here. He heard about the uh, the situation where the mayor and the eight commissions was terminated, mm-hmm. and uh, he and he came here and he you know recruited for push. You know I respect that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And and he came here, and he, he came here with the intention that maybe he can do something here. Uh-huh. 
Well, is there any follow-up action uh, on his part of Rainbow Push? Well, here's the plan. The plan is is that what we're going to do, we're going to take it to, we're going to take that part of the case, the firing of the, uh, the, the, the mayor and the commissioners, we know it's unconstitutional. You know, we know it's a violation of the federal law. And we know one other thing, that federal law trumps state law. So regardless what they say uh, or, or what they do, when you take it to federal court, it's, it's almost impossible for you to lose when, it come, when, when you're in violation of the federal law. So mm-hmm. what, what Conyers did, and also Reverend Jesse Jackson, they talked about it, they want to take it, um, take it into the federal court. But here's my issue on that. If you do not, if you take it to federal court, if you don't put an uh, injunction on there to limit, to, to say that the EFM cannot make decisions to destroy the city of Benton is worthless. Right. Well, we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to take a quick break, um, uh, Reverend. Okay. Um, for those listeners, uh, we're talking to uh, Reverend Pickett from um, uh, Benton Harbor, where there's a population of uh, eleven thousand ninety four percent are black, in which uh, they the the black commissioners, the black mayor. Is, it has been taken over by the state of uh, Indiana, and this weekend there's going to be a rally to oppose the state's action. So uh, all please stay tuned. And uh, Sonia? You listen to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com. You listen to Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and publisher and editor of South Street Journal. Our guest this evening is Reverend Edward Pickney from Bidden Harbor. We're going to come back to him for some final remarks. General Parker, who is the chair of Blackwall Street Peoria, has been with us this evening, and we hope you stay on for some final remarks, General. And we're going to be sure you stay in contact with the chairman. We're going to get that number to you. I know you probably lost it, but we're going to stay in contact with you. So just stay on the line, and we're going to be right back after this break. Join IllinoisFathers.org in Springfield this year for their third annual Fatherless Day, May 10th at the Lincoln Statue outside the Capitol in Springfield. Bikers for Illinois Family Law Reform will ride around the complex starting at 9 a.m. This year's event will be held in memory of Stephen Watkins, an Illinois father murdered while exercising court-ordered visitation with his daughter. House Bill 1604 sends a clear message that the psychological well-being of children is just as important as their physical well-being. With strong bipartisan support, House Bill 1604 has has two sponsors and t- it's a people problem that's you people and me it's so easy but we could solve this confusion if we tried instead of shooting plus there's no excuse when we have mouths that could use them for apologizing and acknowledging fault instead of falsely accusing making threats shouting and verbally abusing you see, we can blame race because it's easy and it's legal, but the one common denominator, Ooh. people, is people. people. It's a people problem. Oh, <laughs> 
other person's heart beat. And that heart becomes something that you want to take care of. And this is what we're lacking. The problem is not money or the lack thereof. The problem is people doing evil things to get it and evil things with it. Humility has totally left us. The reason I'm here is to help you, help me, help us. It's a people problem. You open your eyes. The problem is people that it's simple and plain. People purposely impose upon others their misery and pain. Their primary motive and mission is to spread their anger and displeasure and to put other people in their position. They plot. They practice illegal tactics. They play a game of pretend. And the problem is not time. They have plenty of that to spend. The problem is people want a It's a people problem. If you open your eyes, the problem is people that to Black Wall Street USA. I'm Sonia Perdue, your co-host for this evening's show. Reverend Edward Pickney out of Benton Harbor, Michigan, is our guest this evening, and we were joined by General Parker, the chair of Black Wall Street Peoria District down there. We have a lot of events coming up, and I uh, hope I don't miss any, but we want to share all of this with you, but you can always call me at 312-239-8835 for more information. And you can visit my website, Chicago's Black Business Network dot com, 
and click on the events section, and they're all listed under there. And, General, I'm going to list your event uh, probably tomorrow morning. The Fatherless Rally, the Fatherless Day Rally, 9.30 a.m. Tuesday, May 10, 2011. I'm rushing, trying to get everything in. That's at the Illinois State Capitol, 2nd and Capitol Avenue, Springfield, Illinois. For more information, call 630-673-7900. Or visit adaminternational.org for more information. Also, we don't want to forget the dialogue with Malcolm X, which is hosted by our chairman, Ron Carter, and that's on May 10th. That's going to be at the Young Branch Library at 7901 South King Drive, and it will be filmed. That's going to be 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. If you'd like any more information on that dialogue with Malcolm X, which is also the fourth anniversary of Black Wall Street Chicago, call the chairman, 312-624-8351, 624-8351. want to point out that one of our chairs over there on the 51st Street Black Wall Street District, Sandra Bivens, who was a guest a couple of weeks ago, we want to show her events that's coming up. They're revising Bringing Back Alive, Preserving History over there at the Brown Derby Jazz Review. And that is hosted by the 51st Street Business Association, Heritage Entertainment, Preservation Project, Black Metropolis National Heritage Area, and the Great Lakes Elks Lodge, number 43. Now, they have events uh, every Thursday, May through June, and maybe we uh, the chairman and I can go over there, take a break, and uh, broadcast live over there. That's every Thursday, 5 p.m. to midnight. We're going to talk to Sandra about that. And what they're doing over there at the King Tut Room, 5108 South Prairie, that's in Chicago, people, they're uh, having live entertainment, uh, jazz songs, stylists, and uh, a lot of different things going on over there at the Brown Derby Review, 51st and Peoria in Chicago. We don't want to forget that uh, Barbara Baker, who is also a Black Wall Street member uh, in COBRA, whose slogan is Never Give Up, Be Prepared for Respirations, will be hosting their 22nd, wow, annual national convention. You can get more information at www.ncobra.org. Ron Carter, chairman, will be one of the keynote speakers that weekend, June 24th. Through the 26th, and Chicago's Black Business Network will have a table over there. So we're very excited. Uh, Barbara gives her support to Black uh, Wall Street, and we're going to give our support to her. So we look forward to being over there in June. Let's talk about a few more things going on in May. We know we got the continuing program of Remembering Hell Washington, the People's Testimony. Come on over, get your ad with South Street Journal. We'll record your um Memoirs, so uh, to speak, of Harold Washington. How do you remember Harold Washington? Tell us what you were doing during the Harold Washington era as he was getting elected, uh, you know, during the term that he was there, as he was going through the council wars. Tell us your story on Harold Washington. We're preserving history. You're preserving history. You're writing your own history. So we want everyone to come over and be a part of this project. Myself, Sonia Perdue, black author of Black America Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions. 
I will be hosting a book discussion. I've hosted a few in Chicago. Going to host another one May 23rd at the Avalon Branch Library. That's at 81st and Stony Island in Chicago. May 23rd, which is a Monday from 5.30 p.m. to 7 p.m. So come on over and let's see if you can answer the tough questions. This information is on our CBBN website. Also, Chicago's Black Business Network, which is what we do, we network, we connect. We'll be hosting a conference call on May 25th. That's a Wednesday from noon to 2 p.m. We've done them in the past. They've been very successful. This is where we connect. We want to hear about your visions, your products, your services, and we want everyone who leads our conference calls to connect with someone, to find someone to collaborate, to go forth with, so that you can build your businesses together. Uh, find someone that's going to help you make, make your business stronger. Take some of that pressure off for you and help you move to the next level. Also, I want you to know um, ETS Events, who is a member of Chicago's Black Business Network, and I hosted a job fair in April. And uh, it was the first time for me, but ETS Events moves around the city and does that uh, quite frequently, and they've been asked to come back again on June 22nd. Fernwood United Methodist Church has opened their doors for us again, and we're going to do it again. So we want you to be a part of all that we do. There's a lot to be done, and I'm here. If you want to uh, work with me to host an event, uh, collaborate on a, a project, I am here to do it, as is Ron Carter, the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. This has been an exciting evening. This is one hell of a story. Is it too late for Bidden Harbor? We want to go back to our host, Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. General Park is still on the line. We're going to bring him back, and we're going to go back to Reverend Pickney. We have about 11 minutes, and we're going to go back to uh, our final comments. Ron, you're back on the air. Well, in our final comments, uh, Reverend, we definitely want to focus in on following up on our conversation when you was on our program uh, about, what, two or three months ago talking about Benton Har- uh, ben- ben Harbor. And uh, so what would you say Black Wall Street need to do given the situation now uh, in the city? Well, here's the first thing that we, we would like to do is start educating the people about the economics, um, taking them to a whole different level, um, showing them. And, but before you do that, you, you, you have to come in and befriend these people. These, uh, well, I, I just can't say that you know these people are different than any other people around the country, even though I have been to many different places. But I will say this. You almost have to sit down with these people and befriend them in order for them to listen to you. Uh, if you can come in and do that and start teaching and talking about economics, I think that that's the best thing the Black Wall Street can do for us. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to definitely uh, put that on our agenda. Uh, uh, General? Yes. Okay, uh, you have any closing remarks, we, uh, uh, even to the point of what's happening with uh, uh, Black Wall Street in Peoria? Uh, sure, I got some remarks. Uh, first of all, I want to tell Reverend Pickney that, uh, you know, keep his head up, and you got support out there. We may not be right there in Ben Harbor, 
but we support you. But I know what you mean. You need bodies there. Yeah. And just remember this when you're talking to your people. Let them know that a people united could never be divided. That's okay. right. And, and we already down. There ain't no else to go but up. But the people got to realize that. They got to realize who they are and where they can get to and what's being kept from them. So um, I also want to say one more remark for the rally in Springfield. You know, this is not our first rally. And this is not the first time I've been in front of the legislators. It's not the first time I, I made trips to Chicago. I'm always doing something to try to better the black community, the black economic development, uh, the black social issues. And most of the time I'm out there, uh, <laughs> especially here in Peoria, I might have to stand alone. You know, I, this issue that I'm fighting for right now, affects no other community more than it does the African-American community. And I would love to see black men, black women, black children, somebody show up there so we make a showing there. I shouldn't be the only one speaking for black people in the state of Illinois. So if you can get down there, I'm working with the unions now to try to get them to pay for some buses or some vans, however many we need to get the folks down there because it's affecting union membership too, and they realize that. So I know it's short on time, but I'm still working that out. But whatever we can do to get black folks down there to let them know that we're not taking this anymore, you're not breaking up our families anymore, we ain't going to prison, we ain't staying poor, we want what's rightfully ours, we work for it, we earn it, we're part of this country no matter what they think, you know, be there Tuesday, May 10th. Right. Well, Reverend, um, thank you, uh, General. And uh, we definitely going to follow. I hope you got that number now of this office, right? You got the uh, number, uh, General? I got the office Oh, you haven't number. got no I'm pen on you. All right. <laughs> I, I got your number. We're going to touch bases. All right, uh, then. <laughs> but, like, um, Reverend, uh, do know that uh, we are talking about uh, uh, Benton Harbor here in Chicago. Uh, we do look at that as being a prime example for the nation of black America and the nation uh, as a whole to look at the imperity of blacks, not only as far as the representation, but in the hands of capitalism that's working to be capped on us and not for us. Uh, so do look for our support, and we're, as I said, we're going to find a way uh, to have some type of representation uh, as much as possible uh, uh, this weekend. Hey, so, appreciate it. Right. So with that in mind, Sonia, what we look like here, um, I see our uh, Black Wall Street of um, uh, 69th Street in Chicago, is uh, sitting in the audience, uh, just kind of checking out the scene, um, and that's Miss Butler. Uh, but as we move forward, um, where where we at now, Sonia? What we got to do? Well, I think in our last program or the last program before that, um, were you given an assignment, Sonia? I was most certainly given an assignment. Right before we heard uh, this Bidden Harbor issue hit the fan. Right, yeah. And it was the week before I heard about it hitting the fan, and that was to put a delegation together to go to Bidden Harbor, and that will be done. Uh, we may yeah. not make it this Saturday, Reverend Pickney, but we will make it. That's I'm looking right. forward to it. Yeah, we I'm looking will. forward to it. So it will be done, and we will be communicating on 
happen. And I want to thank you so much for being our guest. And we're going to have you back again because we're not going to be silent on this issue. Hey, I appreciate thank- it. It's an honor, I tell you, to be on your show. I right. love well, it. Well, I tell you, we are going to be in the next issue of South Street Journal newspaper. We, I will follow up with you, Reverend, so that we can get this here in our next issue of South Street Journal newspaper as well. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Reverend. You listen to Black Wall Street USA with host Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and I'm Sonya Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network dot com and author of Black America Asking Not Tough Questions. And uh Ron gave me four minutes, so hey, we're all we're all good on this. And uh <laughs> hey, get better watch. He's gonna try and take up one or two. But anyway, um looking forward to a very, very uh busy month. Um uh, here in Chicago and I know Ben Harbor has their hands full. Uh, General Parker, yeah, I know he moves around, moves around, and uh, he's got his hands full, but that's that's what we should be doing. It's not what we should not be doing. Uh, we are the least of the people in this country, in this nation, who should really be having idle time. I, I have very little. Uh, I have a moment here and there. But uh, my time is definitely given to Chicago's Black Business Network, and I know that Ron is given to what he's doing, his newspaper, and uh, Black Wall Street. And as Ron said uh, to me the other day, it's cause, because it's what he should be doing. That was his response to me. But uh, I want you to cop. Yeah, okay. you never listen okay. to me. <laughs> you never. He says he hears me, but he don't listen to me. He comes back and asks me something. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. I'm kind of, kind of used to that by now. I get my all point right. across, though, and I get what I want. So it's. <laughs> I push it. I push the envelope till I get it. He may not hear me. He, if he say yeah, it's too late. He, I'm sorry, but I'm going. I'm going on down the road with it. But uh, this is what I we hear do. You, uh, but I'm not listening. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what you say. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but the, all I have to do is have a guess, and then it's over with anyway. But a uh, lot of things to be done, a uh, lot of things coming up on the plate, including the – is there Summit 16 that's coming up? Uh, yes, summer 16, number 16, Sweet 16. 16. I think I'm going to do it. I think we're going to do – I don't know. Sweet 16 for Summit of Black Wall Street, Chicago. Whoa, that, does that mean we're coming of age? Coming of age, almost. Almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at NCOBRA with this 22nd annual national conference. Just think, one day, 20 years from now, Ryan, that may be Black Wall Street. We want to thank everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? Okay. We want to thank everybody for joining us on Black Wall Street USA. We're here every Thursday evening from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. You can listen to a rebroadcast of our shows on WJPC Chicago from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I know that Reverend Pickney knows this. In closing, persistence is the act of continually pursuing something in spite of obstacles. And let me repeat that. Persistence is the act of continually pursuing something in spite of obstacles. Do what you love. Do it with the one you love. Have a great life. And listen to CBBN on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday evening. Thank you so much for being with us. Good night, all. Have a good evening. Good night.